Blog Talk Radio. Changes tweaked here and there, and 
made a few additions and corrections and now have a much more permanent website. I own the domain this time, own my little piece of the internet real estate world. And it's taken some time to get up and running, but now I officially do have my own website and got it up and running out there. It is called sunrisehumanity.com. So just there's no flash to it. There's no flash media, so you can get on it on your mobile phones as well. Um, but go to www.sunrisehumanity.com. Go there. You can see my website entails a lot of information. It's mostly about informative stuff, uh, Reiki information, and spiritual humanitarianism. Basically how we all could just uh, learn to get along with each other or play around a little bit nicer with each other from now on. Uh, all my contact information can be found there. Any of the stuff that I, if you would have a question about anything that you would see on there, uh, you can always contact me by the email address on there, which is michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at sunrisehumanity.com. So I've got the email set up, the whole website. I finally got myself out there in the world. <laughs> All right. So what can we expect the YouTube channel to uh, start with? Well, the YouTube, actually, that's great that you said that. Uh, the screen name on YouTube is Sunrise Humanity. Uh, it's That part is still in the works yet. What you're going to find on there is me going to a little bit more in-depth on the spiritual humanitarianism and some of the Reiki stuff. You're going to find a little bit more in-depth detail, a little bit more character. Uh, you're going to really see me hitting at home a little bit more about spirituality and what that entails and more of a universal spirituality. It's not going to get a lot into individual dogmas. As a matter of fact, some of the individual dogmas out there just might get schooled a little bit. But... Uh, you're going to find me going into a lot more of this, being more of a humanitarian and more of a fair and equal person about uh, spiritual aspects of one another. And you're going to see me push that a little bit more on the YouTube page as soon as I can get to that. Technical difficulties with that part. <laughs> well, uh, Michael, um, we have some, I think this might be Deanna Lee's book to lines and see if this is her. Uh, 444, is this you, Deanna? This is me. Girl, it's been a minute since you've been on. Tell us what's been going on with you. Um, just been working, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we have a jam-packed show today, and like I told them, we're going to get into this Nicki Minaj and um, little Ken Beast this hour. Uh, I'm going to go to what we're going to do. We're going to start off the show, you know, how we always do it. We always start off the show with um, a song. And do you think I should go ahead and play the Nicki Minaj beat now? I mean, this now, or should I just, uh, or think, or how you, how do you want to do this? You should go ahead and do it. Okay. Well, um, for those who don't know, and if you don't know, you must have been living under a rock. Nicki Minaj and um, Lil' Kim have some beef because, you know, Lil' Kim feels that Nicki Minaj has been biting her style. And, you know, Lil' Kim has been the original. She came out with the Barbie look and stuff like that. And Nicki Minaj is not paying homage to her. 
from her point of view. So we're going to get into the beef. Um, this diss track comes after comments made. We're going to get to the um, the clip in a little bit, but we're going to play the diss track that Lil' Kim made towards these comments that, she, that Nicki Minaj made in the interview, plus um, the um, track that she made with Eminem on her new CD, Roman's Revenge, where she is pretty much going in on Little Kim. So I'm going to play this diss track. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about it. Now, I'm not going to probably play the whole diss track because it's about eight minutes, but I'm going to play most of it. And when we come back, we're going to discuss that, and I'm going to get Miss DeAndre to um, give her point of view on it. And we will uh, play for you a few more clips as well. This is Lil' Kim's diss track called Black Friday. People are assuming, even though you say it's not specifically about her, that Roman Revenge is Revenge. Um, you know, she just really jumped out the window. And you got to be careful when you pick fights. And that's what I've learned in this business. You just never know. Shut the f*** up. Clown, all this buffoonery, it's stop now. Time for you to lay down. I'm sick of the f- 
abroad. I put hands on the sticks like a spar massage. We all know your last names, what got you your job. You can put together gimmicks, something like a collage. Since you're putting on the show, you gon' get the applause. Clap, clap, this is frame like a garage. Yeah. Push, you and Drake ain't built for. This is this, the other bitch almost got killed for. Still counting with hardcore generated. Bet my bitch keep spinning like a syndicated. Corny broad, I leave you bloody like administrated. Your hot air should have been deflated. This ain't a championship fight. I've been the championship fight. I've been the greatest. See, the fact is, what you doing, I think. She's asking my style and run with it. That's cool. I was the first one with it. You the little Kim wannabe. You just hate to admit it. I'm the blueprint. You ain't nothing brand new. Check your posters and videos. You'll always be number two. I seen them come, I seen them go, still I remain. Sweetie, you going on your 14th minute of fame. I'm over 10 years strong, still running the game. Cut the comparisons. I'm in a legendary lane. Fighting for a spot, child please. I'm solidified. With my hands tied, you could beat me if you did. Pride. Either you're high, sipping at this swing on. I get top dollar for whatever my name on. Go stick your head in a tornado. Brainstorm. I drop bombs. Flex. Napalm. Black and yellow. We'll pull up in your ghetto. Giuseppe's when I step out. Posted up in stilettos. So pink like my kitty saying hello. If I whistle, they'll pistol whip you in all five barrels. I'm from Brooklyn, I'll be everywhere comfortably. Now who pumped you and told you to come romp with me? You the type to run your mouth and then me. I'm popping off in your hood with no company. Come on, Queens ain't showing you no love. I was there the other night popping bottles with the thugs. You like Washington heifer, I'm Benji. You got a buzz right now and I had a frenzy. Oh yeah, welcome to the fam, Cindy. You need to stop, you're not hot, you're a burning match. That means the end is near soon. Copy that? Oh, I see. They really got you gas. Like I'm a thing of the past Better slow down, dummy You about to crash Think put Oh, I'm giving you a bath The mama that in hand And I'm coming for your ass <laughs> Who you think you're getting past? I see right through you Your whole shit made of grass Ask the motherfucking you Back. I'm a Brooklyn, barrel bitch, rap for my barrel bitch, never been the type to have beef and try to settle this, I ride out till the wheels fall off, and my ticket read till the last shell go off, your whole team all I see is a bunch of weirdos, you the earhead bitch, scarecrow, ha, ain't nothing old but my money bitch, ha, this is grown liquid acid, Benjamin's my daddy, you young money bastards, you and Diddy, Sorry, bunch of swagger jackers. I mother you hoes. I should claim you on my income tax. Bobby Fish in the flesh. Talk about a great. So on my next move, I'm yelling, checkmate. I smell a massacre. Charles Manson, you don't stand a chance with her. Jesse Diamond, you looking like lunch to me. About to kill all you bitches like Ted Bundy. Leave your whole head red like Peg Bundy. You're hilarious. Things on the last. You're garbage. So I'm taking out the trash. You bitch on me? Come on, baby girl. Ain't enough X shots in the world. You're a nuisance. You probably still my nuisance, but you can never f with me, so chuck it up, juices. All around the world, I ball like a ball team. I stack chips. Call me Mrs. Rothstein. Trick with the kids, silly rabbit. You're my offspring. Kim more anticipated than a LeBron ring. All right, we are back, and is. The track that um, Little Kim released in response to all this, this smack that uh, Nicki Minaj has been talking about. So, DeAndre, what is your take on this whole entire beat? Like, do you think it's do you think it's just a ploy for them just to try to sell this album sales, or do you think this is a real beat that's going on? 
I think this is the real beef that's going on. Yeah. But yeah. to me, I feel they should be able to settle it like women. Right, right. Instead of coming out with beef differences against each other. You know. So what do you think? What do you think? What do you think says, you know, about the hip hop community? With, I mean, when, especially when it comes to female rappers, what is? What do you think that says about you know the unity? You know what I'm saying? Do you think that this is pretty much promoting a negative stereotype about the hip hop industry? Yeah, it, it most definitely is because we've seen two people die on the beef. Right. You know, to me, hip-hop needs to clean it up, seriously. I mean, not saying I don't like hip-hop. I love hip-hop, but they need to clean it up, seriously. And then to see two black people go at it. But on the same token, though, why would, I mean, why hip-hop clean it up? That's that's what they're known for is not cleaning it up. Well, go ahead, Beyonce. They need to clean up because they have more of the kids are listening to them mm-hmm. nowadays. That's true. They do. So that's why I'm saying they need to clean it up. Well, well the thing about it is people don't realize hip-hop, it has an uh, element of truth to it, but it's mostly for entertainment purposes. You see what I'm saying? And when we say hip-hop needs to clean it up, we need to see these artists in real life handling themselves in a professional manner. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's one thing, you know, you, you do your do your music or whatever. It's, it's no different than Hollywood actors and actresses playing in different movies. But when we say clean it up, we need to clean it up amongst each other to where it gets to the point to where we're actually killing each other in real life and this, that, and the other. And, yes, we do need to clean the music up, too, because it is degrading. You know, I, I'm not saying that you got to be totally proved with the music, but still at the same time, we need to kind of, like, you know, clean that, clean some of that up. I mean, it doesn't take all that. You know what I'm saying? I know people want to be real. I know people want to hear this, that, and the other, but there's a line that needs to be drawn, I think. But that's my personal opinion. Um, I I agree with you. I mean, I agree with you on that completely. It's just, you know, it's the aspect of that's kind of like one of the biggest things that hip-hop's known for is being stone cold out there, here it is, in the face. You know, major a lot of, or a lot of the artists in that community have come from that particular type of scene, you know, Hey, they're they're good entertainers. They do a, they they do a good job at it. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to throw in here really quick um, because I know some of you guys might be trying to access the chat room for some reason that it's down right now. So I don't know what that's about, but we're gonna try to get it up throughout the show. But um, getting back to this story, we're going to go to a portion of um, of uh, Nicki Minaj her um, kind of come back to what little Cam said before. And um, I guess she did an interview, and uh, she pretty much told how she felt about little Cam. She's 
according to what she says, that she didn't have a problem with Lil' Kim, you know what I'm saying, and this, that, and the other. So we're going to go to a portion of that clip, and we'll come back, comment on that, and then we're going to go to what Lil' Kim said on an interview as well. Now, now I think this interview with Nicki Minaj um, um, was conducted by um, that, that radio station in New York, 93.7 or something like that. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Yeah, I think this clip comes from that. So we're going to go to this real quick. We're going to come back. This interview is like eight, nine minutes long, but we're not going to play the whole interview. But we're going to come back, listen to that, and uh, I'm going to get your uh, opinion on that. Um, you know, she just really jumped out the window. And you got to be careful when you pick fights. And that's what I've learned in this business. You just never know. Um, I think people get me mistaken with, like, a real Barbie. They forget where I'm from. And if I have to revert back, I can and I will. <laughs> so don't get it. Don't, don't, don't play with me. You know, it's one of those moments when you say, don't play with me, you know, because I respect you, I love you, I've said it in every interview, time and time again. And if that's not good enough with you, Mama, then it's something deep-rooted in you. You need to get your, something is bothering you inside. That's your insecurity bothering you. It's not Nicki Minaj. It would have been any girl that started popping, you know, she's, she picked a fight with Foxy, then she picked a fight with Eve, then she picked a fight with Remy. Now it's, you know, then it was Miss Wallace, then it was Nicki Minaj. Every time you in the news, it's because you're getting at somebody. Where's your music? You know, put your music out, and when I see your name on Billboard, that's when I'll respond to you. Other than that, goodbye. <laughs> and Barbie, bad. And that, she just ran. <laughs> and that doesn't take away from the respect. You know when a mom got to beat you and she be like, it hurts me more to beat you than it hurts you? It doesn't take away the love that I have. <laughs> it doesn't take away. You know how? Because I'm a real, I'm a realist. Because you say those little people, she, she's one of the people that you yeah. Did it, did it hurt your feelings? It hurt. Yeah, it, it hurt me. It hurt my feelings because I remember I saw her on the tour with, with Wayne. And I had been hearing, you know, that, you know, in the business, people talk behind the scenes. And I remember I ran into Foxy, and Foxy said, why do you keep on giving props to Kim? She don't like you. She was like, the girl be dissing you, like, when, you know, in conversation. And I said, I'm so much of a, like, oh, diehard. I was like, until I hear her say something about me, I'm going to continue paying my respect to her in my interviews. And that's what I did. I kept on doing it. That's why everybody came out and said, Nikki always shows you love. Like, what are you talking about? Um, so when I saw her at Wayne's concert, she performed with Keisha, um, she came into our dressing room. I, like, she went and used the bathroom and stuff. And I stopped her. I was like, you know, I want to make sure everything is cool with us because I'm a fan first, you know. Is everything good? Yeah, everything good. We good. <laughs> Hugs and kisses. Can I take a picture with you? 
I love you, you know. I, this is somebody. This is somebody that I looked at highly. We took a picture. Everything was good. But you want to know what scares people? Success. When you don't make moves and when you don't climb up the ladder, everybody loves you because you're not competition. When you become competition, then people start, wait, hold on, wait, wait. Wait, hold on, let me, wait, hold on. So So I felt like you're going to go down in history now as a sore loser as opposed to going down in history as a queen because if you can't beat them, join them. Okay, that was a portion of that. Um, Like I said, that was like a really long interview, so I just wanted to play a portion of that. So, um, in your in your opinion, do you think that she's saying hi, little Kim, or do you think she's kind of mocking her? I think she's mocking her. Yeah, and like I said, man, I think Mickey Minaj is just trying to be messy. Like I said, you know, she knew this CD's coming out. She had to create a buzz around it. And I'm just going to keep it real with you. The CD was cool or whatever, but she wasn't giving me anything with this new CD. Like, seriously, like, her stuff on other people's tracks, like, it's hot. Don't get me wrong. But, like, on her album, she doesn't even get it to us the same way that she did. So I think she had to create a buzz around this CD. I'm kind of disappointed with the CD. It was cool, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't Nicki Minaj cool. You see what I'm saying? So uh-huh. I was just kind of disappointed with the whole thing. But, like, have you had a chance to listen to some of the albums, um, DeAndre? No, actually, I haven't. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I much. didn't go out and get it because I didn't like it. Because, you know, of course I like Nicki Minaj, but... <laughs> I like one out. I'm just like, you know, I have better things to do than don't fight on a Nicki Minaj for you. <laughs> so I, I mean, but you think she needs to pay more respect to Lil' Kim? Like, because it's clearly obvious that she is jocking her style off of her. Do you think she needs to pay homage? To me, she should, but I still don't think you should let anybody, you shouldn't let nobody run over you as well either. So right. Don't be a punk about the situation either. So if she's talking crap about you, to me, somebody needs to be a be the adult in the situation, you know, because, you know, I didn't let her talk all day, you know, whatever. It's cool, you know, I just, uh, you know, make a uh, command with you and you didn't want to hear it, so whatever. I just kept it moving. Right, Clearly, right. you see she ain't bringing nothing out. Okay, you ain't got to tell everybody. Everybody knows she ain't got nothing out, so... Keep it moving. You waste your time on Lil' Kim when you can be doing other things. Just curious, but does anybody think there might be more to the story yet that hasn't come out yet? Well, we're going to go to Little Kim's side of the story now because we just heard Nicki Minaj's side of the story. We're going to now hear what Lil' Kim has to say. Now, the beef kind of started from what I heard because um, Lil' Kim was going to be doing something with Cash Money, and they were going to post y'all do a little collaboration thing. So she went over to her, you know, she's doing her thing. Lil' Kim's been branched out doing stuff with, like, Dancing with the Stars and doing this and that and the other, doing her little Hollywood thing. So pretty much, um, you know, she went overseas and, you know, to Europe and did her thing. She came back 
Well, they told her, like, right before she was going to come back, talking about how they just went on here and put Nicki Minaj on the CD, and they wasn't going to put her on there. So that's what started this whole beat. But we're going to go to this clip really quick. Um, this is going to be another one. We're just going to play a part of it because um, really this is a long clip too, but this is just uh, Lil' Kim's side of the story. And we're going to come back, we're going to um, comment on that, wrap that up, and then we're going to move to other uh, hip-hop or and entertainment news. So this is Lil' Kim's comment, and we're going to come back and comment. Now, when they sent me the record, they sent me the record with just a hook on it. So obviously they wanted me to kind of direct. So, you know, so right? You know me, I go first. Want me to go first? I go first. No problem. I go first, I go middle, I go last. They put her on the record without telling me, but that's all right. I don't care. That's cool. I'm waving a white flag, remember? <laughs> it's all good. I want to rock. So they put her on the record, and I, and I talk to them. Everything is fine. So baby's like, we're going to do a video and all this, that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I thought that that was wonderful because we needed that in hip-hop. We needed to show the unity in the video. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we needed that. Like, I wanted to rock with her. We're supposed to do this video. We're supposed to show the world that we're rocking together. That would have been beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. I've been big okay. for hip-hop. Big for hip Big for the female. You know, definitely big for hip-hop. For more than anything, big for the female. What was the name of the record? Grinding, making money. They put the record out. I mean, I'm on, like I said, I'm on a computer. They put the record out. We're, me and my people were reading the response. You know, a lot of people had, you know, their opinions about it, and they had me kind of, you know, smashing the record, meaning I was raining. That's, that's how they had me. But that's okay. That's people's opinion. I, I, don't, I don't pay that shit no attention. I don't pay that shit on, they, on the Internet where people have their opinions. They talk about me. They talk about her. I don't pay that shit no attention because the bottom line is I got my haters, and she got her haters. She's going to have her lovers, and I'm going to have my lovers. I'm going to have my fans. That's the bottom line. And I'm not, I can't sit back there and say, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm a rock. Yeah, I, was, I smashed on the record or whatever. At the end of the day, they making me think that because they pulled the record off of iTunes. And now all of a sudden, they don't want to do the video. Now all of a sudden, they don't want, it ain't even on Baby's album. Now all of a sudden, you know what I mean? They don't even, they ain't even really rocking with me the same way. So basically the record was to stamp her and, and, you know, make it seem like, okay, well, yeah, we got Kim involved. Kim did the record. You know, that was disrespectful. Straight up, disrespectful. Because I'm who she's trying to be like. Y'all stealing my shit. Now here's the other problem that I have. She came in this game stealing my shit and busting shots at me at the same time, you know, throwing pebbles and shit. And I'm letting it rock. I'm letting it rock. I'm letting them rock. I'm letting her live. I let her live. I let her live. Because I could have been came and did what I'm doing now. Okay, fine. Now, my problem is this. You're stealing my shit. You want to be like me, but you're acting like you created this lane. And, you know, this is something new. The whole Barbie and all that shit. Like, this ain't new. It ain't new, mama. The, 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 the shit with the wigs and the whole, you know, the, the creating a character. It's not new. And on top of all that, y'all ain't want to rock with me? It ain't got nothing to do about no fucking how long a person been in this industry or how long. I don't know what the fuck that punk pussy Drake talking about. Because at the end of the day, this nigga showed his, he bore his heart on his sleeve. He showed his fucking true colors by coming at me and I'm a fucking girl. You know what I mean? Ray J is the one who said everything. You ain't mentioned this nigga, nigga name not one time. But it's okay because I'm a ride with my people. Ray J said the shit out of love for me. 
And that's right. I'm not I'm a ride with it. But at the end of the day, nigga, you coming at me and I'm a female, you let me know that damn you fear me like you fear fifty J or one of them. You put me in that category. Thank you. Thank you. I owe my fans. Listen, I done lost my man in the game, so I ain't really get we ain't really get to rock out to our full capacity. All right. Now after that I went through the whole situation with the mafia, I ain't get to rock out to its full capacity. All right. And after that I went to fucking jail and I bet one thing everybody need to know is I took one for the team. And motherfuckers don't even really even respect that. But what the fuck, Ella? I don't give a fuck. I did mine. But they talk about uh, puppy gonna call puppy and Greg and tell him check the, check the tape or some shit like that. Now, see, that's another situation. Like, I ain't gonna find Puffy's my brother. I can't disown Puffy at this moment. And again, that real little Kim Twitter not me. <laughs> <laughs> Just so they know, because I know Puffy probably was like, oh, my God, yo, what the fuck did Because he called me. I didn't get to talk to him yet because I was working. But he probably called me. Just He just now called me after he called everybody else, which I thought was disrespectful. Now, he called Ray J in, in, in regard to the situation. He's calling everybody else. But he didn't call me. You know what I mean? And I thought that was disrespectful because I'm supposed to be your sister. I can never disown Puffy. But you know, brothers and sisters fight, and sometimes they fight to the extreme. Me and my brother used to fight crazy. We talking about trying to stab each other, whatever, all kinds of shit. But at the end of the day. Okay, that's enough for that. So, you know, like Lil' Kim sounds like she's a little hostile about the situation. So, after hearing that, Deandra. Who do you think is right and who's wrong in this whole situation? I think Lil' Kim is right because, to me, if you want to put me on the um, track, put me out there, and then you want to put somebody else on there but don't notify me, I mean, right. ooh, she knew that she was going to be on there, but then you going to take me off like we supposed to be doing it together. Right. And I see this is this is the kind what's of stuff. What's some shady I'm, shit, for real? You know what I'm saying? That's, and that's what's wrong with, just us as a people do. We don't know how to do business right. You know, I mean, it's just like this is this is where pretty much the beef started. And now, oh girl, she's running her mouth and talking all this smack. And I mean, this is where it stems from. So I just I think you know, there's good publicity and there's bad publicity. Mm-hmm. I really think that this is gonna. I I, I hate to claim anything on anybody. I think Nicki Minaj is going to probably be her only CD. I, I don't think she's going to be she's going to be old news in the future. Yeah, one thing, like you, mm-hmm. you, you can't you can't try to copy an original and then get disrespectful to the game because only a, the original is going to stand. You see what I'm saying? You know, and say what you want to say about Lil' Kim but she still got her face out there. She may not be making music at the moment, but she's still mm-hmm. doing her thing, and she is the originator. So you have to bow down and pay respect sometimes. You know what I'm saying? That, and I think that's kind of what's wrong with the new school hip-hop scene because they don't want to play, pay respect. Mm-hmm. They don't want to pay homage when homage is due. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing that I've noticed uh, when it pertains to this entire you know, situation right here. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. So I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. So, but yeah, I'm uh, with you when you come out. She's gonna only sell 
this gonna be on her CD because I really do think it is gonna be. I think she's gonna be on one here one day, and if she's not, she's gonna be on somebody else's music because I really don't see her coming out with anything else, and that's just being honest. Right, right. Well, I know a lot of people say they're disappointed with this CD. Some people say it's cool. Some people say it's whack. But I just, I just look at it like, wow, if you're gonna try to put yourself and market yourself one way, then I think your CD should reflect how you've been marketing mm-hmm. yourself. But that's just me. So, um, do you have any Wait a minute before we wait a minute before we jump to another. So just thought you don't think people think we hate on Nikki because love Nikki, you know, she can rap like no other, but we just singing, you know. She shouldn't be doing all that. That's kind of to me, it's sloppy. Seriously. And you're right, and I love me some Nicki Minaj, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying I'm just kind of disappointed with the whole situation. You know what I'm saying? With me being a fan, like, hey, I, you know, that's my girl I was, you know, you know, riding down for. You know, when she came out, I said, damn, you know, damn, you know what I'm saying? She's really giving us something. Mm-hmm. She's giving us something. She, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? She's I'm, I'm, I'm seeing Kim Corner, you know, because it was Kim before it was anybody. So, you know, I'm saying Kim, you know, all day long. Right, Sorry. right. Don't disrespect to Nikki, but it's Kim. Sorry. Yeah, you right about that. And my thing is, I mean, to me, I know we gonna all have somebody that we that you know that that we gonna look up to or kind of like emulate in a certain mm-hmm. perspective. Not emulate per se, but I would just say like we are inspired by a certain artist or person. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it goes, everybody's inspired by something. But, like, for you to be inspired by somebody but still turn around and disrespect the very thing that you're inspired by, I have a problem with that. And, I mean, like I said, it's nothing like like you said. We ain't, I'm not, you know, trying to diss Nicki Minaj. I ain't trying to hate on her. That's my girl. So I'm just saying right is right and wrong is wrong. And I've said that quote many times on the show. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And I don't justify <laughs> any, you know, so... Is that it on that situation? Yeah, because we don't want to put too much, you know. We don't want to get too much involved in that and too much energy right. into that. So, right. And I already got enough so, as it is. So. <laughs> yeah. So what else has been going on in the entertainment um, industry? What? Well, <clears throat> I mean, probably a lot of people already know, you know, but it's this thing going on with the B2K members, and one of the members is really talking. You know, he's really he's really coming out with it. His name is um, Raz B. He's mm. him on blast. You know, he's like, and people call him the Cat Stacks, and I'm like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> they calling him the Cat Stacks of males, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> And he's coming out with it. He's he's telling it all. Basically, he's not holding back. You know, and he's kind of telling how he, you know, basically because you we all be we always be wondering what goes on behind the scenes. Like, you know, how do these people get famous and stuff? You know, how do they go up to the top? You know, right. and he basically was saying they was sleeping with each other. Basically, to me, what I took from that is when he saw my signatures, I was like, okay, well that's how they got their fame is from. Sleeping with somebody to get to where they were at, you know. He was saying how he 
how his managers was messing with the, you know, how one of the people that's supposed to be their big brother was messing around with them. I was just like, what? And how some of the group, they all had to mess around with each other. What? Most people say most people say it's a lie, but what kills me is you don't know. Step out your shoes for a minute and put his on for one second. How the hell do you know what he had to go through? Ain't nobody on being uh-huh. on, on radio station talking about he didn't suck a man or some man is suck him in. But come on, me now. Right, right. But but why? But yeah, you right about that. But why? You know, like you got to look at it. Why would you? Put yourself out there, right, for that type of ridicule if it wasn't true. And like I said, this kind of links back to um, what we were talking about a month or two ago with the whole Bishop Eddie Long situation. Mm-hmm. I believe those boys were violated because what other incentive would you have? I, hell, money wouldn't even be worth me putting myself out there like that. Exactly, because you, know? you done messed up your whole reputation if you didn't put that out there. So So let me ask you this. Do you know, has he been under ridicule for doing that? Has has people, like, came out and uh, kind of ridiculed him for putting that business out there? You know what? Ain't nobody really really said it didn't happen or it didn't. I mean, where it did happen or it did happen. Nobody ever came and said that. So I'm thinking, me personally, even if somebody said it didn't happen, I'm going to stick with it. It did happen. Maybe I said he is telling it all. I do mean all. People need to open their eyes up in their ears and their mind and realize that this stuff is going on even behind the scenes of artists. So come on now, don't act like this stuff ain't going on. Because they well, superstars, don't act like they ain't doing it because they got all this money. Them be the main ones. <laughs> Girl, but you know what? It's, you already know that, you know, it, like we were discussing a, a few days ago, like you know, you wonder why you have all these mediocre artists out. You have some that that are just that are off the hook, but you have some of these mediocre artists that come out, and you wonder why. Wow, why did they get a recording contract and poo poo and nay nay and them on the street corner? They can sing and shooby doo and all that, but they can't mm-hmm. get they get a record deal. But this this mediocre cat right here can get in. But I tell you why because, and, you know, you got to sleep your way to the to the top. I That's what it seemed like. You gotta suck and fuck somebody to get your way up there. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth. Like I did that. Um, I did that interview with Terrence back in. Um, um, ooh, that's been almost a year ago. I did an interview with him. It's on YouTube. You can go check us out. YouTube.com/slash/ucofw. It's on there. Um, he did a book called Hiding in Hip Hop. He's talking because he was in the entertainment industry, and he said that a lot of these people, you got to sleep your way to the top, and a lot of these cats are on the DL, and you're not going to get in, you know, you have to sell your soul almost to get that, you know, get to where you want to in Hollywood, and everybody knows, too. It, it, you know, people know who, who sold out, who didn't sold out. You know, people talk, but, you know. Exactly. Most of, you, most of these people you see now that that came out of nowhere that are kind of like mediocre, even the people that got good talent, they had to do some type of favor. Now, whether it was with a man or a woman, you know, hey, 
you know, you fill in the blank. But the thing about it is, like, it's, it's, it's well known now, and it's starting to come out in a lot of these, um, especially in hip-hop, and I'm not going to say hip-hop, Hollywood, you know, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. You have to sell your soul, and you have to open your legs, man or woman. You see what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's very unfortunate that, you know, um, that people have to do that, but, I mean, it's a reality. It really is a reality. Yeah, so, but what questioned me was, you know, what were they parents at when all this was going on? Was they mama thinking about the money instead of, you know, their safety? Hmm. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about. Cause I was like, you know, how do you let something like that happen to your kid? And you don't stick up for your child. I mean, is the dollars looking good? What's, what's really going on? Well, the way I see it is either A, they, uh, they was just so trifling that they didn't notice the uh, warning sign, or B, they knew what was going on, but they told him, well, you better hush your mouth and take this money and keep quiet. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, a lot of people are trifling like that. Like, I mean, you you see other examples like this too, like like that whole situation with, uh, remember those, those situations with, um, uh, with Michael Jackson, when when mm-hmm. the parents was letting spend the night over that house, mm-hmm. and like none of them were saying nothing because their kids was getting all that money. Mm-hmm. And, I and we all know that was true. Like, yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying it was true, but I'm saying like you you gonna put your your child through a trial. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Tell him to tell these lies because you wanted to get. Success, you know what I'm saying? Like I just, I, I just think it's sick. I really think it's sick when parents allow that stuff to happen to their kids. And then what, what kills me is they, because you know some parents don't know what's going on, but some just know what's going on. They just act like they don't know what's going on. And they come and you see them, they be like, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't know that was going on. Whatever, you knew it was going on. Right. Because how you don't, you know your child better than anybody. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. You know when they happen, you they say it. Right. Well, you know, Michael's been kind of quiet. What do you have to say about all this, Michael? Well, I... Did you have something to share? Uh, well, on this, boy, I... On that stuff, no, not a whole lot. Um... I did have an entertainment article here, kind of entertainment. A lot of uh, black celebrities had gotten together about it. If you want to talk about that in a little bit. Okay. You want um, you want to talk about that real quick? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to an article here from uh, Advocate.com. It had put out a uh, thing. As some of you might have known, this past week was a celebration of a World AIDS event for uh, uh, AIDS awareness and uh discussing different things, uh, what's going on in research and whatnot. And uh, this past Wednesday there was a a celebration that the uh, Black AIDS Institute had had, a 10th annual Heroes in the Struggle event. Had a lot of big-name black celebrities there, uh, some of which were Magic Johnson, Boris Kodjo, 
uh, Loretta Devine, uh, Grey's Anatomy's Jesse Williams, um, Mary Hardwick for Color Girls, and a lot more of them turned out. Uh, one of the most common topics towards the end of that was the uh, ending of the down low. And Kodjo had best summed it up when he had said, uh, stop the hypocrisy, the whole BS, God doesn't approve bullshit. He said, God loves everybody, so just go ahead and live your life. And it was a really nice turnout they had there. And there is a YouTube clip on it, which I won't play here because I haven't really got a chance to preview the clip very much. But I thought that was a really nice thing that uh, a lot of the entertainers, especially a lot of the uh, entertainers and a lot of the, the um, well, just something I haven't seen that's really been done. And I haven't heard of a lot that was done for the, uh, World AIDS Day, and I thought that was a really nice touch to see uh, a bunch of people getting out there and looking to uh, show support for that event, and uh, I'm sure they were raising money for the AIDS research and whatnot, but uh, I thought that would be a, a nice thing to maybe bring up since there were a lot of entertainers, a letter, a lot of entertainers here from the uh, entertainment genre. Uh, we we appreciate that because um, that is something that I, I debated on talking about today, not not this particular story, and I'm glad you brought that up because that is pertinent to uh, what's been going on in the entertainment industry. But I, w- I wanted to talk about the, like, the world AIDS thing because I know that that was, um, uh, we had that, like, um, a few days ago, and I think that we need to become more aware about what's going on in the community. And, um, you know, we really need to get our act together because, you know, people need to be educated because the situation is not getting any better. People are living longer quality lives, but still that's a that's a life that you don't want to live. So you need to be educated and you need to um, get tested. You need to um, know your status because at this point um, there there's statistics out. I heard on the West Park Morning Show where they were saying how, Every nine um, minutes, there's a new HIV infection. So, like, whether you're gay, straight, or bisexual, this is a disease that crosses all lines. Exactly. So, Beyond, something to say? Yes. If you're watching a BET, it comes across the screen, or on the commercial, it says, wrap it up. We all need to take that. Mm-hmm. And where, and wrap it up. You know, we need to definitely think about things, you know, just because some guy tells you, okay, you fine or whatever, and, you know, he don't want to put on condom on because it itches or, you know, it don't feel right, mm-mm, they can put it on. Right. But it, it comes back to self-love, you know. Um, you have to have enough respect for yourself and enough love for yourself to get tested, and not even just get tested, to protect yourself, to know uh, who you, you know, are you sleeping with, you know. And um, just because someone comes and, like you said, DeAndre whispers all these good things in your ear, don't think that they mean you well. <laughs> exactly. Anytime, anytime he tells you he don't want to put it on, then not to say he got something. Right, and I understand. You know, we're all human. We're all human. We all make mistakes. We all do stuff we probably shouldn't. But people realize when the last button on the pants is getting ready to pop and put somebody's eye out, all puns intended. <laughs> It's not the time for to be like, you know, I guess I should have brought one of them to the party. But <laughs> Right. And I think parents need to 
install it in their children's brains as well, too. Yeah, we've done a great job, you know, in today's day and age of promoting an anti-smoking campaign, which, just to add, I'm still a reformed, quitting-smoking type person. But, uh, you know, it's like anything else. We've done a great campaign on out, out there in the schools and stuff of uh, pushing the quit-smoking factor and don't get started with it. Well, why can't we push the uh, safer sex factor just as hard? I know, right? Get some condoms, pass them out, you know, here. If you don't do it, do it right, you know. Okay, guys, um, we have a caller on the air. I don't know if this is going to be our special guest, but I'm going to go to uh, 393 and see if this is him. Um, 393, do you have a comment or a question, or are you just listening at this point? Is this Craig? Hi, Seneca, this is Craig. Oh, okay. Um, Everybody, this is Craig. Um. Barberry, we're gonna be he's our special guest for today. Um we're gonna to come to him in the three o'clock hour because he has a very special story to share with us today that has made national headlines. Um can you hang with us for a little while because we have one more story we need to do. Um we have to play a song and then we're gonna do a review real quick and then at three o'clock around three oh five we're gonna jump into um uh, this story and I think you guys really need to all listen to this and support this um gentlemen here because um, you can learn something from this. So um, you're going to be able to hang with us for a little bit? Oh, definitely, definitely. Okay. Well, um, we're going to jump right into um, a review. As you all know, um, there's some CDs that came out, um, Black Eyed Peas, you know, know, that's my group right there. That's my group. Um, I don't know if we're going to have time to review them, but Jasmine Sullivan, that's my girl too. She is a unique artist because I think she mixes a lot of her um, jazz roots with her um, R&B singing, and I think that she's kind of um, underrated, you know what I'm saying? But she's getting her name out there and stuff like that. But I think she's a better live performer than on CD. But she, don't get me wrong, she'll kill it on the CD, but you really can't get the full experience of her voice unless you hear hear her right. I mean, do you – you agree with that, DeAndre? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to go to a quick song. We're going to go to one of her new songs on her CD. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard the um, single, Holding You Down. But this is going to be another song that I think she takes you to church, not church, but church, on this song. <laughs> and we're going to come back and we're going to review it. And then after that, we're going to jump right into... Um, um, our, our special guest, and we're going to talk about that story.
So what are you waiting on? I mean, you need what you need to do. You need to get on YouTube.com slash UCOFW. Get on there, subscribe, check out them videos. Yeah, and while you at it, leave some comments while you playing. And hit us up on Twitter at Twitter.com slash UCOFW. You know we got some updates coming. We got some shows coming. And um, and for those who want to check out our MySpace page, we're on MySpace too. MySpace.com slash UCOFW. Get on it, get with it, and get with the program. You are now listening to the Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine a light on issues of the urban community. Hit us up at could come as early as tomorrow. Mark and Micah, good evening. Same-sex couples are celebrating tonight here on the north side and throughout the state of Illinois after an historic victory for gay rights. This after three tough days of fighting in Springfield. 
Same-sex couples in Illinois will soon be able to enjoy many of the same rights afforded to married couples. This includes visiting partners in the hospital, handling probate matters, and sharing nursing home rooms. This afternoon, the state Senate approved the measure by a vote of 32 to 24. This after the state House narrowly approved it last night. Governor Pat Quinn plans to follow through in his campaign pledge to sign the bill into law now that it's cleared both the House and Senate. I think it's a proud day for the people of our state and the families of our state, and I commend every member uh, of the House of Representatives and the Senate as well. Many Republican state senators who oppose the measure say lawmakers should not be focusing on civil unions and instead should be focusing on the state's finances and unemployment rate. Some also argued against the bill on moral grounds. If civil unions, same-sex marriage becomes the official policy of Illinois, you can expect the same in our schools. The mothers and fathers of your districts will not be in support of this, and I urge a no vote. Today's vote, a huge victory for gay rights in Illinois. We are thrilled that the Illinois legislature has taken this historic step to making Illinois a state that is now more equal, more fair. Christopher Clark is a senior attorney for the Chicago branch of Lambda Legal, the nation's oldest gay, lesbian, and transgender civil rights organization. Civil unions are not marriage, and it's not full equality. Um, so, you know, I do think it's a step. We still have a long way to go, but it's a very, very important step. The bill passed despite serious opposition from the Catholic Conference of Illinois, headed by Cardinal Francis George. This is a very sad day for the state of Illinois. Truly, the legislature today imposed on the state of Illinois something that the people did not want. Peter Breen is executive director of the Thomas More Society, a national public interest law firm that defends traditional marriage. But instead, because of various favors being traded back and forth by the leadership, these individuals voted against the interests of their districts. They voted to bring homosexual marriage into the state of Illinois. After Governor Quinn signs the bill into law, it will go into effect next summer. Illinois will then join such states as New Jersey in allowing civil unions. Five other states and Washington, D.C. currently allow gay couples to marry outright. Mark and Micah. Dan Ponce, thank you. So tell us what you think. Do you agree with the state legislature's vote to allow civil unions? All right, we're back. Um, so what do you feel about that after hearing that? I am highly impressed. I'm highly impressed. I didn't think that something like that in the Midwest, you know, it's not uncommon to hear about that in, like, the area of California or Far East, the New England states. You know, they're making a lot of progress out there. But seeing something like that actually develop and manifest here in the Midwest, especially right next door to Indiana. I mean, the only way you can get more conservative than Indiana, it seems like, is Ohio, you know. I think that's a real improvement. I think that's a definitely a step in the right direction and a, a great thing to see the people actually moving in a forward positive direction in this day and age. We'll absolutely love it. And, and I mean my thing is, you know, I think it's better than nothing because all these all the, the biggest thing all people want is just basic rights. Nobody's trying to destroy the institution of marriage. Nobody people we are all Americans. And we should all enjoy, not enjoy, but partake in, like, our basic civil rights. In our, um, Absolutely. Civil if I want to marry a person of the same sex, that's not taking away from a heterosexual couple that wants to get married in, you know, in their traditional sense. That's great. That's wonderful. 
celebrate the love, I say. You know, if it's going to be for, if you're straight, if you're gay, whatever, do it. Be happy with it. No, not trying to take away from one or the other at all, but people seem to lose track of that concept. Well, that's, that's what, you know, I just wanted to squeeze that in really quick because I know that was a major thing that happened. Um, I think that we're going to see um, a lot more things snowball, and I hope a, a lot more positive things snowball from this. Yeah, so, uh, oh, big D-A-D-T thing come down by the end of the month, too. What's that? The don't ask, don't tell repeal, whether or not the lame duck session of Congress is going to be able to squeeze that one through. hope they can squeeze that through before um, the end of this year because you heard the Republicans are going to be, they they came out and said they're going to filibuster everything that Obama tries to push through. And, you know, and it's all in the name of cutting tax breaks for the wealthy. I'm like, I'm sorry. I know in this country it seems, unfortunately, that, Money talks, and that's the way things roll. But they're fighting so hard, the Republican Party is for, and come right out and say, we're not going to let anything go through until you pass our tax cuts for our really rich people. I'm sorry, but I work for a living people. What about the rights that I'm looking for and the laws that you got on the books for me? And you're standing here going, unless you pass my money talks, I ain't doing nothing. Why did we put them in office to begin with? Well, it's, they're really hurting themselves. Like I, and I, I made this prediction before. I told you this. They're really hurting themselves because when the, when the presidential elections come in a couple years, people are going to be so tired of them that they're going to they're going to um, put their you know they're going to vote Democrat again. So a lot of people shouldn't even get discouraged about the fact that they are going to be um, you know they're going to be you know they're in the house right yet. They're going to be in the house. So don't don't worry about that because they're you know this is a actually it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So I really think that it's going to set us up for uh, a victory in 2012. Yeah, so, I'm like okay, you can go ahead and play the game like that if you want. People are watching and they are listening. And my and I mean that's why I said this bipartisan stuff is just a joke. Like I I they 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 will not work with you and they're not going to work with you. You have to play hardball with these people because I just wish Obama would get more tough. That's, that's my only criticism of him. And, yeah. and quit play nice with these people. These people are vicious and malicious, and you really need to – he needs to um, toughen up. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, we're going to have to move right on along. We're going to get to our special guest now, um, Mr. Craig Farberry. He is on the line. Um for those who do not know this case, we're going to play a quick clip for you from Fox 59 in Indianapolis. Over, um, it's going to be an overview of this case, and then we're going to jump right into this. And I want him to share with us what he wants you to know and know about your rights as a parent, and um, and how he plans on fighting this particular issue. So we're going to go to this really quick clip, and then we're going to come right on back and start this discussion. For the past four years, he's lived his life like many divorced dads, sharing 50-50 custody of his three children. Uh, That's Kaylin, that's William, and the other one's Ava. But last week, Craig Scarberry got news that time with his kids would be cut to just four hours a week and every other weekend. Anybody who's been around me and my children for more than five, ten minutes 
can see the love and the bond that's there. This keeps you away from your kids. It keeps me away from my kids. Since they've been born, I have been active in their life. Searching the ruling, he found Judge George Pankel wrote, the father did not participate in the same religious training as the mother and noted that the father was agnostic. It goes on to say that when the father considered himself a Christian, the parties were able to communicate relatively effectively. I had never um, imposed my belief systems on the children. Matter of fact, our kids go to a Christian daycare um, that when we had joint legal, I had to agree to for the last you know, three, four years. Aside from all the friction and emotion with his ex-wife, Scarberry, a veteran of the U.S. Navy, says his constitutional rights that he fought for have been trampled. And at the highest degree, because nothing else is important to me in this world other than my relationship with those kids. Scarberry says he will appeal the judge's ruling. He'll have until December 1st to do that, and then two weeks later, he'll hold a protest here in Madison County for father's rights. In Anderson, Ray Cortefassi, Fox 59 News. All right, fine. We have Mr. Scarberry. Um, are you are you with us? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So tell us, um, give us a. We've heard the overview. What is it that you want the um, listening audience and people in general to know about the situation as far as parental rights? And what what would you? What is your advice to anybody that's going through this? And tell us what steps have you began to uh, make to um, rectify this this ruling? Well, first off, Seneca, I'd like to I'd like to point out that uh, this isn't just about uh, parental rights. Uh, for me, uh, it's the parental rights that have uh, it's my parental rights that have been uh, by or trampled on that have brought out the the real uh, issue of this cause, which is uh, protected by our First Amendment uh, of the Constitution, which gives us the the freedom of religion uh, and the fr- freedom of persecution from the religion that uh, that we choose to. Uh, to uh have or lack of that we choose to have in our in our life. Um the the rally uh, even though that even though it started out as a fathers rights rally has uh, evolved into uh an equal rights rally. Um uh like 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 I said in the interview, I I never allowed my personal religious preference um to interfere with any type of religious training that we had already started the children in, um, in order to maintain a uh, stability for the joint legal and physical custody that we we already had, um, this has just been an absolutely absolutely horrendous experience for me. Uh, probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Um, those children have have been my life since the day I found out they were coming, and. Uh, I I I will do everything in my power um, to not just rectify the situation and bring them back into my life as much as we both want, and also hopefully some changes within our government so that they can realize that the Constitution is there for a reason, and and to give us all uh, the rights that we deserve that people have died for to protect in this nation. So when dealing with this. Um in this entire situation, what has been the uh, have you have you received a great deal of support from the community and from um, you know uh, I know you've been reaching out to the media, but have you been re- receiving a great deal of support in general? Do you feel? Uh, yeah, definitely. This is uh, like because this deals with a, uh, a a First Amendment issue. This is a issue that reaches across across the board uh, to everyone, and I have. I've been overwhelmed 
by the uh, amount of support that has been shown from not just single fathers, not just, you know, people who have been in my situation, but everybody, uh, every demographic possible. This this rally that we're having outside of the Madison County Government Center on December 16th is going to be, it's going to have such a huge uh, representation there from almost every group you could think of. And it's because uh, if they start trampling on one person's rights, then, you know, when are they going to stop? Who's going to stop them? Uh, when it comes up to another issue, who you know, who's to say that if the uh, judge was Christian and the father was Jewish, or uh, if the judge was agnostic and the the father or the, or the mother, for that instance, was Christian, and you know they had a bias against that person, um, in no way, shape, or form in the order did they come across and, and list how the religious difference played a part in the children's lives or anything like that. It was just two bullets. Uh, that were basically pointing out that I was agnostic, and uh, it was—it's just—it blew me away when I saw it. Yeah. And, and sir, I—I I am very, very familiar with Madison County. I spent a lot of time in Madison County about ten years ago. I'm very familiar with that area. Would you like to tell people what the biggest driving religious force is in Madison County? Give them a little background on that. Sure, M- M- Madison County is definitely a religious community. Um, they uh, they have the uh, annual convention here. Um, it's it t- it tends to be um, well. You can't really drive around this town without seeing a church on the corner. <laughs> yeah, we 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 definitely uh, we definitely are heavily populated within the religious community. And and the thing is that I like to point out is that this isn't this. I'm not trying to make this a slam on. Uh, religion or agnostic versus Christian or anything like that, as much as just the fact that this this particular uh, judicial system has uh, and and this commissioner uh, and ju- and this judge has decided to uh, use my uh, lack of faith um, uh, to or my 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 lifestyle to to, to choose not to be uh, arrogant enough or. I shouldn't say arrogant enough, but not to be uh, in a position where I can sit there and say, yes, I definitely know what the truth is, um, in, in, a, in a way to use it against me, uh, and and at the high, I mean, at the highest highest level, because as you heard in the clip, these kids have always been number one in my life. Right. And just to give the some of the listeners out there a little background of what I, you know, I can see exactly where you're coming from, sir. I can this I'm not surprised and I really hate to say this but I'm not surprised that you're in this situation in Madison County. Madison County is known for the International Church of God headquarters. Uh they have Anderson University there which is a religious college and uh there's a, a heavy heavy amount of Basically, if you're not in some kind of Christian-oriented church or Church of God up there, it tends to go, uh, things don't go in your favor a lot of times up there. And that's sad but true because this is supposed to be about the letter of the law, not about your religious affiliation. But, and honestly, I'm not surprised that that's come out of Madison County. I I know how they are. (laughs) Well, and the the, uh, presiding commissioner that uh, made the ruling initially, uh, apparently, from what I'm hearing from 
other uh, people involved in the community is that he is a highly religious man anyway, which I understand that the judges have uh, a lot of discretion in family law, um, but to allow your discretion to ruin a family when yeah, and not give the not give any consideration to the true best interest of the children. Uh, you know, we requested counseling, we requested mediation, we asked the judge to sit with in his chambers and meet with uh, meet with our children, and uh, so that he could get a feel for uh, just how positive and how encouraging this relationship is, and what a source of love they have with their father. Um, yet he refused to do any of that, and uh, basically just you know, used my religion, uh, my religious preference against me. Mm. Okay, well, I, I have the, uh, the court order right in front of me, and there were a few things, I, a few questions that I had um, for you. Now, um, in the court order, I see that uh, it mentions that, quote, there was evidence that the respondent slash mother had left the minor children at home alone and did not feed them breakfast, and did not at time buckle them in their car seat. So based on this, did, did the judge even, in your opinion, take this into account when he made his ruling that, that these kids were going to be um, in, a, in a potentially um, dangerous environment, or was he solely looking at the fact that you were of a different religion or, or had different religious beliefs than, uh, than your ex-wife? Yeah, that's that was another thing that just blew me away. We were, I mean, there was substantiated uh, neglect um, that was going on over her place. Not to mention living boyfriend who you know who attacked me, um, you know, in front of the children. Um, so you have this environment that's very questionable. But yet, my religious preference was made more of a point than what her neglect was, and and you know the thing was I I wasn't I understand the importance that both parents play uh, in the role of children's lives. I was not uh, seeking uh, to take the children away from her. I was trying to keep it joint um, for the benefit of the children. Uh, however, this judge obviously feels that my agnosticism is a worse offense uh, than than putting the children. In a situation where uh, their safety is involved, are are in that when she when she uh, one of the instances that we that she admitted to in court was when she left the, our two youngest home alone to take the oldest to school, and and our youngest child at the time uh, they were I believe three and five years old, and at the time our youngest or or our our youngest child has cerebral palsy, and she uh, falls quite a bit. She has to wear braces and stuff like that. And and our our son, our middle child, the the oldest in the home at that time, uh, since they were left home alone, uh, he, he didn't know how to dial nine one one, and that's 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 a responsibility that he should not have put on him. And if you would go to any firefighter and ask them, even if she would have left all three of them home alone, and you go to any firefighter and ask them, uh, what's an appropriate age to leave a seven, six, and four year old home alone? I believe pretty much all of them would have the same answer. Um, how about never? And but yet my agnosticism was a reason to strip away my legal and my physical custody over this type of environment that we were able to substantiate in court. Hmm. So and so the people are, you know, and you want to make clear to the people that you're out here for what's in the best interest of the children. If 
in your appeal, if in the appeals process it is granted joint 50-50 everything, and you're granted that, and if mom was also agreeing to go to some parental counseling or whatever to possibly make corrections in the matters of what she has done here in the past that is alluded to in the court documents, if that all was to transpire, and after all was said and done, if this ended up a 50-50 joint, would you consider that a, a feasible and satisfactory conclusion? I would consider that a major win. I, I, I want my children back in my life, and they want me back in theirs, as much as what we have already grown accustomed to over the last four years. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I – um, of course, would I want my do I want my children 100 percent of the time? Yes, and if and if I was if I was to a point where I thought that um, that they were in danger and they needed to be with me 100 percent of the time, like she was a horrible mother or something along those lines, then definitely I would be no no questions about it. You know, they don't and need I to be over there. I think that's a great standpoint for you to show too, is because you know you're putting out here, hey, listen. You know, I understand that for the needs of the children, they're, they need their mother in their lives as well. I'm pushing for a 50-50. I'm not going for a winner-take-all thing. I think that shows a lot of uh, uh, respect from you as a parent as well, and I'm, I'm very happy to see that, you know, provided that it is a safe environment on her aspect as well. Right. Right. That's the biggest thing is that, that, it can, that we can see that, you know, maybe through – through some classes or and counseling and and whatever uh, that that you know the environment can improve to a a trustworthy environment, but definitely the my my number one interest in this whole thing is the, what's best for the children, you know, and and they want both of us in their lives as much as possible, and to to try to alienate one father uh, or even mother in, in another case um, because of religious preference or just because of a general bias that you have towards fathers or a religious uh, preference is is not what is in the best interest of the children. Well, uh, okay, I'm back online now. Uh, briefly got disconnected, but um, I had a couple questions for you really quick, Greg. Um, and this is just to clear up, because I know people are going to look at these documents and they're going to see um, something questionable here, and I want you to clear this up for us. Okay. Um, in the in the um in the in the um ruling or in the documents it says that it mentions something to the fact that uh, that you were unable to control your anger and um that you use profanity in the presence of your children. So it and then about the whole anger management thing, can you clear that up for us and tell us explain to us um, the real story behind that and why they put that in the uh, in sure. The, uh, I'd, I'd be more than happy to do that, Seneca. Um, the let me let me first off the profanity thing. Um, I I I do not I cannot sit here and recall once you know more than one specific time or even one specific time where I purposely uh, and and intently used profanity in front of the children. Uh, if there was a time where I have, you know, stubbed my toe or something like that and let out a common reaction expletive, um, then, you know, I apologize for that. I do not 
teach my children to use profane words. Um, I don't, as, as a parent, I don't want them going to school and, you know, using using words like that and getting in trouble. I mean, my kids all get great grades in school. They're all well-behaved. Um, you know, they were not receiving any kind of, I mean, it takes two parents uh, to, uh, it, because I've been 50-50 up to this point, our children have always gotten praises from everybody. And that's not just a one-parent thing. That's not, she doesn't deserve all the credit for the way that they've been raised up to this point. And and uh, if I was, uh, they in, in court, they tried to bring up a story uh, where I had called her a, uh, a explosive word in front of children. Uh, I we denied that. That never happened. Um, however, you know, judge felt like that that was something to believe. Um, and as far as the anger management, it's also anger uh, in front of, at times. Um, because we handled our divorce outside of court, um, this was the court's first time truly taking a look at, at this matter. And when it's the court's first time taking a look at this matter, they are allowed to take everything into account. Um, with that, uh, when we were still married, we were our marriage was our marriage was failing. I was angry about it. I never put the kids or her in any kind of physical uh, danger or harm. Um, there was a time where, be- I, because I had anger about it, did not know how to uh, deal with it. I voluntarily had checked myself into anger management. Um, we testified to this, and because of that, the judge was able to consider that and had had considered the fact that I had failed to control anger at times. Um, In that instance, you're saying also in addition to the religious infringement, you also got penalized for seeking help or something. That's right. That's Mm -hmm. correct. Because I I voluntarily, voluntarily put myself into anger management. And even, they didn't even try to attack me on the grounds of abuse or anything Mm -hmm. like that because they would not have gotten anywhere because I have never been a threat uh, in any way. I just, you know, it's an emotional thing. Nobody gets married with the expectations uh, of that marriage failing, and it's an emotional thing. Uh, you know, we had a lot of uh, verbal arguments, and I didn't. I needed to do some. I needed to find a better outlet to uh, deal with the emotions I was feeling at the time, uh, and now it's being used against me uh, in this order. So, and it, it, it's just been. It's it's been a, a horrible month for me. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, you know. <laughs> In the past month or so, since November the ninth, I understand, right? Right. Yeah. The judge signed the order, uh, or the commissioner who wrote the order uh, signed it into effect November first. Uh, judge Newman, uh, the commissioner's name was uh, George C. Pinkle. The judge, Judge Newman, Thomas Newman Jr., uh, was the judge who. Uh, actually signed off on the whole thing on November 8th, and then I received the order on November 9th. So can you take us back to that day, uh, November 9th, and when you received the order, what what went through your mind when you when you read that? And you, when, you first, when you first figured out the fate of your, your children, what what how did it how did that make you feel? Um, and can you just take us so we can 
I want the audience to know how serious this is, and I want you to want them to really realize how this made you feel when you first received this order. That was a, a very a very hard thing for me to see. You know, I uh, uh, I can't. I can't begin to describe uh I think anybody who 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 has children would if they could imagine all of a sudden being told that you no longer are going to see them as much and you're no longer going to have a say in anything major in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was the worst day of my life. I can imagine so. So, and we also want to clear up another situation because I know I've heard this in the media as well, um, about the incident between you and um, your ex-wife's current boyfriend. And I want you to tell us about that situation and, you know, just to clear up the air about what really happened in that particular incident where you said that he confronted you and um he attacked, he attacked you. Yes. yes. And um and tell us what resulted from that and um is the court taking that did they even take that into consideration? Well this happened Seneca I received the order on November ninth and then November eleventh is when the boyfriend attacked me. Um, so it happened after the fact. Um, uh, obviously, before that, before that, he uh, he had sent me emails on uh, Facebook before um, before I had a chance to block him. Um, basically, name calling and trying to gloat about this and that and everything else. And uh, and then the order came out. Uh, and then two days later, we were having custody turnover at a McDonald's. Um, it was my time to have, have the kids for four hours. We meet at public places, um, and they were getting into the, her vehicle, uh, her minivan. He was sitting in the passenger side, and they were getting into the minivan. I was talking to her about a fundraiser the children had going on. Uh, when I uh, was finished talking to her, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to the children, so I began to walk up to the minivan to wave goodbye. Uh, that's when this gentleman uh, started yelling at me, telling me I was getting too close to the minivan, began to shove me. Uh, I knocked his arms off of me and said, please don't touch me. And I turned around, and I, I went to say goodbye to the children uh, again, and, or actually say goodbye to the children this time since I didn't get to do it the first time when I tried. And then that's when he punched me in the back of the head. I turned around. He punched me two more times in the face. Um, I was able to wrestle him down to the ground to keep him from punching me any 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 longer. Um, I did not strike him. Uh, the whole time this is going on, my children are sitting in the car, seeing the whole thing, screaming at the top of their lungs, "Daddy!" Just absolutely in terror. And you know, I have I have I have seen my kids in every emotion possible in these last three years, or in the last seven years since I have been uh, active role in their lives. I have seen them happy. I have seen them sad. I've heard them cry. I've heard them laugh. I have never in my life heard my children scream in terror like that. Terror. 
and uh, why this man, why this gentleman tried to attack me. Finally, as somebody who was sitting in the drive-through of McDonald's heard the kid screaming, got out of her car, ran over there, said the cops were being called. At this point, I, I was able to basically keep myself. I was able to keep him pinned between my vehicle and me so that he couldn't hit me anymore. And he was like, well, get him off of me. And so then I rolled over. He jumped up, punched me again, kicked me. Then he tried to punch me again. I deflected that with my foot. They got into in the van. The in front of the cop? I'm sorry? He, he did this in front of the cop? No, the, the cop was not the one who broke it up. It was a female came over and said the cops were called. And then uh, that's when he was like, get off me. And so then I rolled over. And he, uh, that's when he jumped up, attacked me again, then jumped in, the, and jumped in my ex-wife's minivan. They drove off. I called the police because the police weren't called. She was just saying that to break the fight up. I called the police. Police came out. Thankfully, that neutral bystander stayed around to give her, her, uh, her testimony to what she had saw. So she stuck around, told the officer what she saw. I told the officer what happened. And this time I'm talking to the officer. I get a text message from my ex saying that they're going to the police station to file a report against me. And so I showed the officer, She w- and then she she went over there and, t- and spoke with them and eventually got this guy to admit in the police report that he was the aggressor. And and so I filed a against him. I'm sorry? Was he arrested? No, he was not arrested. And I filed, I filed, I filed charges against him. Um, initially, the, somehow all that paperwork came up missing, so I had to go back up and refile the charges. I refiled the charges, and I found out yesterday that uh, he is being uh, arraigned into court on December 29th for the uh, for misdemeanor battery charges. Okay, Craig, oh, we're going to go to the lines real quick. We have a one caller. I'm going to see if they want to weigh in on this conversation. Um, okay. 294, just listening, or are you wanting to comment? I'm just listening. Okay, thank you for listening. So, uh, Craig, so what is your biggest fear as a father at this point? Um, what is your bigger, biggest fear out of this whole entire situation? And um, what what do you hope that will come out of this? Whether it's like whether it's in your favor or other people learning from this, what do you want? Um, what are you wanting from this? And what is your biggest fear as a father currently? Well, current. I mean, obviously, as I said before, what I want out of this is my children back, and and right. not 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 only do I want my children back. Uh, but, you know, I also want uh, some changes made so that, you know, the judicial system, at least here, if not throughout this country, remembers that the Constitution is the Constitution for a reason. And that, you know, this nation was built on uh, on the, the foundation of religious freedom. And, and that, you know, as... If, if, you're, if you're truly supposed to be acting in the best interest of the children then we need to consider the whole picture and not just the part of the picture that you want to look at. And, I, I mean, this is this is a big thing. And, and as a father right now, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I, try not to, I try not to focus on my personal feelings at this point because 
it would make the whole thing just too hard to keep having to go back over it and rehash it every single time. I push forward to, to, because I'm fighting for my children, and they give me the strength to deal with it and to keep pushing forward, and that's that's where I'm at with it right now. That's good. So can you tell us about um, this this rally that you have coming up here? Um, in here it's about it's going to be in a couple or about a week or so or two weeks. And can you tell us, um, yes, if anybody wants to um, wants to come out and support, and that wants to get involved with this, can you tell us um, how they can um, get involved with this um, this rally or this movement that you are uh, planning on? Yeah, we're like uh, we're having we're having it outside the courthouse. I got I have a permit um, for the special event uh, outside of the courthouse. On December 16th, uh, we're, we're saying 10 to 6 p.m. Uh, the reason it's so long is because there's a lot of people who want to come show their support but can't make it at certain times. Uh, and because we want everybody's everybody who wants to have a voice to have a voice, it's going to be a come-and-go type of thing. Uh, at this point, we're asking um, that if you want to bring signs, you bring signs. However, uh, I do get the final say in what the signs say uh, because it's my name on the uh, the permit, and I don't want to... Uh, be held responsible for vulgarity or trying to in- incite, uh, you know, public unrest or anything like uh, along those lines. Um, as long as the signs say something about religious freedom or equal rights or something like that, uh, or fathers' rights or or whatever it is, um, you know, uh, about this issue that uh, appeals to to you is fine uh, as long as it's tasteful and tactful. Uh, and um, also, we're on Monday, I finally got my tax ID number. Uh, we're opening up a, a legal fund uh, to help with the legal expenses uh, to be able to push this as, for, as far forward as it needs to go to make the changes that need to be made for everybody. And if people want to donate to that, um, how can they do that? Yeah, once I get the account set, uh, Seneca, if it's okay, I'll, I will contact you uh, with that information. Oh. Um, like I said, I have the tax ID number that I need in order to uh, uh, so people can can claim it on their you know on the year taxes if they if they want to as a donation. Um, I just have to go now to the bank and actually open up the account, which I plan on doing on Monday. Our interview with uh, Abdul in the morning and another we have another news release uh, that we're doing with a local Annapolis entertainment magazine called Nuvo here. Yeah. So, uh, yes, that that was the biggest thing. Cause I um, know some people are wondering how can they help out with that. And like I want to remind the audience, if you do want to go out and support, please just just please be tactful and just just please keep it. We don't want this situation. We don't want to give these people any situ any reason or leverage to you know not. You know, what I'm saying we don't. We want to have all the ducks in a row. So if you if you're gonna go out and support, this please be tactful in mind that this is a serious situation. You know, so so let me ask you this. I mean, this is just my part. You know, I just want your personal opinion on this. Do you think that that there is a huge bias in a sense that? You know, like people assume that because you're not Christian, that that you're not fit to be a parent. Like because, like as we as we as we've seen in recent um, 
incidents in the news that there's been all kind of dysfunction within, like, the church and stuff like that, and people assume that all Christians are good when they're not all good, you know, and I, I really think that that is a, a fair assumption, especially we live in America. People should have the right to um, raise their children any way they want to raise them. You know, like, do you, do you think that that's a, a fair bias? And, like, what, you know, I don't know. What are your feelings on that? Well, you know, I, I this is an area that I, I I like to be careful with because, like I said before, it's, it's you know, the First Amendment affects Christians as well. You know, I mean, like I said, who's to say that, uh, you know, it's not going to be an agnostic judge next time who discriminates against a, a Christian. Um, however, um Definitely. I mean, we. I believe that anything that deviates from the mainstream um, is, you know, it is looked down upon, or it is easily. It's easy for them to take comfort in discriminating against them because they know that whatever the majority is have that cushion. Um, I, I believe a lot of people even might even hide behind uh, the the Christian label, which is where we get, you know, all the church scandals and things like that. Because of the fact that uh, going against the mainstream that could discredit you easily in, in a lot of different ways. Um, however, I've had plenty of Christian friends, uh, a lot of my friends who are Christian, uh, and Christian supporters uh, through this situation. Um, it's it's uh, it's not to me, like I said, it's not to me. It's it's not necessarily an attack on Christianity or a certain religion or religion in general. It's it's about preserving the rights that we have here in America. You know, in, in 2005, uh, I think you and I spoke earlier uh, briefly about this. There's uh, the Cale Bradford uh, case um, out of 2005 out of Marion County, where both parents actually agreed upon a religion, uh, which was with. But then the judge stepped in and said that uh, because uh, he didn't agree with their religion together, uh, he was taking the kids from them. And uh, you know, I mean, so definitely, I think that there's. Been, Precedent set where prefer, uh, preferential treatment has been given um, uh, on more than one occasion, but uh, it, it, the the point is that that's that is that is to me uh, a violation of the of the First Amendment establishment clause. And sir, if you could, because I know that there's probably some people listening to this that aren't. You know, obviously most people are going to be familiar with the majority of Christian values out there, but when you have cited agnostic backing or agnostic principles, could you give people a little bit of an idea what you mean by that? Because I know what that means. I'm I'm pretty well versed in religious studies, but agnostic can also have some different points of views and different types of takes on that. So could you give us a little bit of an idea what what it's meaning more to you and where – that hopefully give people a better perspective of where the judge, what the judge is looking at here. Sure, agnosticism is uh, basically just a, a person who uh, doesn't. Uh, I mean, for lack of better words, doesn't buy into uh, the man-made uh, religious aspect of, of life, um, and doesn't want to confirm nor deny uh, the fact that there's a possibility mm-hmm. for deity. Um, you know, the uh, it's basically just not taking a stance uh, on religion in general, um, uh, and and that is where I'm at with it. I, uh, I don't... More or less, in other words, would it be safe to say that 
you're like, yeah, love God, that's great, that's wonderful. I have my own personal relationship with him, but it's not something that I'm going to be dragging into a daily hardcore practice within my life. Well, I wouldn't say that I necessarily have any God in my life that that I follow. Um, how, but you know, I, however, I have seen the uh, I have seen the impact and changing ability that uh, a spiritual life can have in a person uh, through uh, rehab and 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 through uh, personal struggle struggles, being able to hold on to uh, a sense of hope that uh, a higher power can give you. And I respect that, and 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 because I respect that, uh, and and I also respect our our First Amendment uh, uh, to be able to give us the right to believe what we want to believe. And so I don't, I'm not one to sit up here and say uh, just because I don't believe it uh, means it's wrong. You can't believe it either. Uh, you know, I, I believe in individual choice, and what, what's best for you is best for you. That doesn't mean it has to be best for me as well. Right. Okay. Very, thank you for clarifying that because I wanted to really have the – a lot of people when you're agnostic, that can have a lot of different connotations out there because a lot of people don't – I don't know. You, I've heard even myself being a, a big, big person that really studies religious aspects, you see a lot of different takes on that actual definition. Yeah, so, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I believe that there's uh, agnostic theists and agnostic, agnostic atheists. And uh, and and I don't I I don't know uh, I guess I don't know what side I, I would I would take on that fence I don't really like labels a, a whole lot you know I, I I just know what I personally feel through my and what I believe through my own uh, experiences and through my own uh, uh, studies and understanding um, and and that's why I don't try to push it on other people uh, because I believe everybody has the right to do their own exploration. And and find out what truths they want, what truths they believe in, and what truths they they think are the best of their lives. Right. Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying that for us. No problem. Well, Fred, I just I really want you to, I, uh, you know, and just really, you know, I was sitting here thinking about this. Um, it's really ironic how you've served this country, and you and you serve to protect. Our basic, uh, basic civil um, liberties. And now it's really it's really ironic that 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 you are dealing with this situation. Like it's it really it's really a slap in the face. It's, it's to me, you know, and it kind of um, makes me think about that when I when I when I realize that you served and, and you you know uh, done that for our country, but yet. You can't even get uh, basic rights, or have you know, or you have to deal with a certain situation like that. Like, can you speak on that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, it, it is definitely, it's definitely ironic. But the the point is, whether I, whether I served or not, uh, whether I'm a, whether I've, you know, given my life uh, back to uh, the country or not, the point is, we're all entitled. To our constitutional rights right. as Americans, right. and and this would be this would be an absolute travesty, uh, regardless of if I was a veteran or not, and and this should never have happened in the first place. And I right. hope that uh, proper correction com- comes about. 
Well, um, I just want to pretty much wrap this um, situ, you know, wrap this um, story up. We really want to thank you for coming on today and just thank you sharing with us, um, um, sharing with us because a lot of people really don't don't know their rights, you know. And 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 we see, especially here in Indiana, I want to touch on this really quick. How it seems like, or it's been perceived to be, that the court rule in the favor of the woman in Indiana so many times. And, I, and I've seen so many situations where um, the children would be better off with the father, but here in Indiana, it's the woman, you know, you know, her, her word overrides the man's word, you know, and I, I really think that um, it's unfair. And I think that this, I hope that this will start to push I mean, push that issue out in the forefront because I think that so many times the fathers that are trying to be involved in their children's lives and that aren't deadbeats and that can provide a better environment for their kids, they they get pushed around in the judicial system. And I, I really feel that um, this is an issue that I'm going to be talking about more, and I think this is an issue that this is another example. This is a classic example of how women can go and say whatever they want to say to the judge, and he'll and you know they'll take the person, take the woman's side. You know, well, there's so a lot I don't, of, there's, there's definitely a lot of un, unsubstantiated uh, allegations that don't have to be proven uh, along the lines of divorce and family court, uh, which you know you would you would assume that, uh, or you would want to assume that. The courts wouldn't just uh, take one word over another without having evidence, but unfortunately, because there's no like really concrete uh, said said way of how to deal with family court uh, allegations uh, and and judges' discretions um, are uh, more highly uh, used than laws and uh, and guidelines. Right. Right. Well, we really want to, um, if if you can, like, can you, um, like, we're going to probably schedule that if you're up for it, like, um, for you to come back and give us an update, you know, as things progress, because I really want people to follow this story, and I want people to, um, like you said, once you get your tax ID number and get all that underway, I would like for people to uh, contribute and to help you out, you know, because I really feel that this is um, an important issue that um, that we can all learn from, and I and I really hope the best for you in this situation. So I really hope you can come back on and give us an update and let us know, um, you know, how things are going and how we can help out. And um, that's that's pretty much it. Did you have any final things that you um, or final thoughts that you had, but you know, that you want the audience to know or? Uh, no, I I appreciate all the support, and uh, you know I'd be more than honored to come back on and and keep you guys updated. That's not a problem. Okay. Well, once again, everyone, this is Craig Starberry. He he is from Anderson, Indiana, and he's he's currently dealing with um his situation. And um, I hope he does come back on because I, I really would like to follow this story. And um, it's just just a good educational tool in general. You know, you must, we have to know our rights as individuals, especially parents, because, you know, 
your children are gifts, you know, from God as far as I'm concerned, and we have to cherish what has been given to us. So I really think that this has um, been a wonderful um, interview, and uh, we look forward to um, talking to you soon. All right. Thanks, Seneca. And uh, I'm sorry, uh, what was the other gentleman's name? Um, Mr. Michael Snyder. Yeah, thank you, Michael. It was nice meeting you. Nice meeting you as well, sir. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, we have um, about um, five minutes left in the show. Do you have any final thoughts before we close uh, the show out? Uh, No, not really. Um, There's maybe one other uh, article that I would seen in the news, but we can wait till the next time, and we got more time on that one. And what what what, what did you want to? Well, what, well, it was an interesting thing, kind of in the religious arena, uh, come out of the Catholic Church, uh, the Pope's take on birth control and how that seems to be almost, dare I say it, evolving a little bit with modern times. Although it's probably about fifty years late, but. <laughs> It's evolving nonetheless, and it kind of ignited a little bit of a firestorm through the Catholic Church on his take there, and I think he probably said it in passing. He probably didn't really mean to. He was kind of addressing the fact that in the instance of referring to the use of condoms, because the Catholic Church, as some of you may or may not know, is very, very anti-birth control because they feel that it is counterproductive to the miracle of life. The Pope's take was, in the cases of, for example, homosexuality, or which he was really and honestly addressing male prostitutes because, you know, that's his opinion. Uh, he was referring to that or in examples of prostitution, but basically the, the impact of what he was saying was in the cases of, in the name of preventing the transmission of the AIDS virus that the use of condoms may be a better choice as opposed to the possibility of spreading the disease. And that absolutely turned the Catholic Church on its ear because even in places such as Africa where the HIV population is very, very high, the Catholic Church has refused any type of opinion on condom use over there. And to hear this actually come out of the Pope at this point in time has really been something to really shake up the Catholic Church here recently. Wow. Well, we're going to uh, keep following that. Um, we might do, I, I don't know if you want to do this, like we can do like an extensive YouTube clip. So um, I don't know, we can probably do something over the phone and, uh, and post that up. You know, just wanted to give you a quick rundown of that. But I heard about that story and I was like, man, that. That I would have never seen that come. You know, I, I didn't see that coming. Nobody um, else did either. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's it's not a bad thing, though. That's true. We have That's to, true. It's, it's the real. We have to come to re- realization that HIV and AIDS, this AIDS epidemic, it's it's real. And you know, the church can sit here and deny that it's not happening all they want, but people are dying. People are being affected um, daily. You know, mm-hmm. and this is something that I think is, is is a step in the right direction. I believe that. I do too, and was actually very glad to see something like that come out of this uh, pope that's currently in office. 
All right, well, we have two minutes remaining. Uh, I just want to tell you, you can check us out at www.youtube.com slash UCOFW. Um, please subscribe um, and check out our videos or hit us up on myspace.com slash UCOFW. And we have a Twitter page, too, so you can keep up with the updates of the show and everything at twitter.com slash UCOFW. Check out Michael's website. It's, it's off the hook, and it's very informative. Um, at sunshinehumanity.com. Right. Sunrise. Sunrise. I'm sorry. Sun, <laughs> sun, sunrise Humanity. I'm sorry. You know, I'm just trying to get everything out. But um, thanks again, everyone, um, for supporting us. And um, we will be coming to you soon. We're possibly going to have another show next Monday. I don't know yet. But we will um, have an update for you on that. And uh, until then, we are UCOFW. Shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. Until next time, um, let's love each other, let's support each other, and let's live. I'm going to leave you with Jasmine Sullivan's new um, song, Stuttering, and we will catch you next time. Got to be